So, friend of Steve McQueen. And Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. World's fastest U-turn. And uh, just another kid freeloading off his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Craig Breedlove. The fastest man I've ever met in my life. If you could describe this uh, lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. It's a couple words, but we'll, yeah. we'll accept it. Yeah, we'll, we'll accept fantastic. Yeah. Were, were you afraid of anything we were going to ask? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. And I'm Sean Heckman. And as some of you may know, we have a TV show now on Amazon Prime called Dinner with Racers. Amazon Prime! Woo! And while we were doing that six-month trip over 15,000 miles all over the country, we also decided, you guys have been so great supporting us, buying Continentals and all that jazz, that we might as well give you some podcasts too. And before we get into who Craig Breedlove is, it's important to know that this is like our eighth reschedule uh back in 2018 some of you may remember that uh, we were robbed well actually the person we were supposed to interview the next day was craig breedlove and he lives in several different places we're traveling all the time we scheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled to the point that we were just thankful we finally got him uh out in uh, beautiful santa paula california so on uh, national day of civic hacking which is the thing uh, we met up at Hosey's Grill to have uh, have lunch with Mr. Breedlove, and here's who Craig Breedlove is. He is the guy when it comes to land speed records. He's one of the first people to go over 300, 400, 500 miles an hour. He is literally the fastest American in the history of the world, and the only other person to ever go faster than him was literally supported by the British government, so literally this guy on his own as a privateer is taking on the biggest of factory programs and the goal was to be the fastest person in the world so super interesting guy longtime hero of both sean and i and as sean mentioned very helpful with getting scheduling not only did we get robbed but i think one of the local wildfires in california was like burning his ranch down as well at some point so it was just a lot going on and he was super cool to get to sit down with so when it comes to Bonneville Salt Flat land speed record guys, this is the guy to get. And here's some of the things you're going to hear about. That crazy ragtag group of thugs known as the screwdrivers. Uh, buying your jet engine from a military surplus store. Setting Steve McQueen on fire. Uh, and it is important that we mention uh, this was initially set up by the author of his book, a guy by the name of Sam Hawley. Uh, so if you find this story interesting and you want to know more about Craig and all of his antics, uh, check out Ultimate Speed, written by Sam Hawley. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available on most major book resellers. So uh, check out Ultimate Speed by Sam Hawley. Also, check out our driver... Mr. Michael Avenatti. If you two don't shut up, I'm holding you in contempt of this MDX. And, of course, uh, we could not have uh, arrived in Santa Paula, California safely if it weren't for this amazing, amazing vehicle that's taken us all around the country. Ryan, what it's is a, it? It's an Acura MDX. Good enough. And then uh, what kind of, uh, of uh, tires? Continentals. Tire. 
con, con, correct. Con, correct. Continental. We're making we're making TV oh, money right, now. Right. Let's give a TV. Continental tires. Thanks for the TV money. Cross contact. Alex Sport. Craig Breedlove. Meow. All right, we're gonna start in five, four, three, two. Can you uh, hear us okay? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Can you hear you okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. We're That's we're in business. Yeah. So uh, we need to thank you for your patience because we've had to reschedule with you <laughs> a bunch of times, and you were like the number one guy on my list for last season that I wanted to talk to you because uh, all time hero right here. Craig okay. Love. Like, dude, you you're, are, you're Sean, right? I'm Ryan. Oh, I, you're Ryan. That's yeah. different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to go over the history between the three of us, we <laughs> called you last October. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Ryan and I are both mega fans of yours, and we've we've been following you since we were both kids. Yeah. And um, and then literally the day before we were supposed to meet with you in October, everything was stolen out of our car. Right. And <laughs> and, and the way I like to describe it is. They chose to break into our car on a Friday after Amazon Prime cutoff. Yeah. So there was no way we could get uh, anything yeah. within a day or two. So right. we had to cancel. And we were, like, literally, that was the one thing yeah. we were bummed about was yeah. that we had to cancel your interview. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then you live in three different places, basically? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you split time between here in the sort of Oxnard area, Mexico, and Rio Vista, correct? Right. And... Right. Um, and Ryan and I are both in Los Angeles quite a bit, but literally never when you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. we've had about 10 different schedulings, I think, up to this point. Yeah, right. And up to this week when we were supposed to meet yesterday and then we had to change it on you and here we are now. Right. But we finally made it, so I'm proud. <laughs> so, yeah, your patience is, is beyond appreciated here because you were so cool about it. And at no point, I think there was a fire at some point, too. Like, did, like you had land with fires spreading on it or something. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah that, 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 I almost forgot the fire. Yeah, so it's like it's been uh, it's been a journey been to a get while, here. Yeah, but we're really grateful that you could uh, join us today. And uh, we we're road racers, you know what I mean? We, uh-huh. we we drive on tracks. You guys are insane people that fly on the ground. Oh well, <laughs> basically. So we don't know what to ask or what not to ask. But um, one of the things that I think about with someone from your generation was that when you guys were doing these crazy land speed records back in the sixties, that when you would go be the first guy over 400 or 500 or whatever miles an hour, that was like world news. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was like global news and they would take guys like yourself around the world on like press tours. Right. Right. So you've met everybody in the world. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like it. Right, right. Is there something that stands out from those early days of, like, getting to go on the big tour, like meeting, like, a Johnny Carson or? Oh, you know, well, Donald Campbell, I guess. Okay. Well, that was uh, really the the first competitor that I had, you know, met that I had that I didn't know. Yeah. And um, they had set up a, 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 a big meeting with all of the press in Europe there uh, at his home in Surrey. Mm-hmm. And um, the the press was all excited because we had set a new world speed record for the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donald had had problems at Bonneville and crashed the first uh, Bluebird. And uh, they were in the, in the process of going through a series of of hard luck and failures yeah. with trying to relocate in Australia and so on and so forth. So the press was like really on him. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, he 
they were sort of in awe of him because he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a member of the realm, you okay. know. Yeah, and, yeah and, right, right, and, right. And, uh, so anyway, but they were very interested to kind of throw me in his face and see what happened. <laughs> and I because was you were both sort of competitors and just yeah, guys that would both very but, young at this thing right. and just tossed into world tours and that kind yeah, of thing. Just like cowboy American. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, when uh, I figured out what they were doing on the ride over there, we okay. were in a. A mini uh, Cooper and you know, there's about five press people in there and myself yeah. and you know the whole thing and we got to his home in in uh, Surrey and uh, you know he, Donald couldn't have been more gracious. I yeah. mean he was really really cool and so they w- were just uh, really getting in his face because we had set the world speed record ahead of. Uh, a huge international program with yeah. Bluebird and the entire British motoring industry was behind yeah. it. And so, uh, anyway, you know, he just was really, really neat. And, and uh, I'll tell you, but he was such a professional. <laughs> and uh, he was very nice to me. Yeah. You know, I, I was just overwhelmed because I didn't know what to expect. And, and uh, of course, I'd heard of him most of my life growing up and everything, and his father and and uh, John Cobb and and the whole uh, uh, European entourage that had set the speed record. Well, that that seems to have been sort of the recurring theme, at least even when, you know, I started really paying attention to land speed records in the late '80s and '90s uh-huh. was kind of my era, and it always seemed like there was your, for lack of a better expression, sort of home-built programs. And you're yeah. always going up against like the Royal Air Force yeah. and the, the, the British entire, government. Yeah, the, like it's this this cowboy American out in California against an entire government. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, exactly. And yet you still managed to set most of the records. Yeah. So. Well, it, you know, it was we didn't set most of them, but we set a, a few. You know, we yeah. got the, you know first over four, five, and six, which for me was a, a big thing. We tried to do better. I think it wasn't just, like I think for everybody. Yeah. Right. The entire planet. <laughs> no yeah. person had ever gone that fast yeah. before. Yeah. So, anyway, just. Uh, you know, I was lucky and and uh, had a good car and had a great team, great great bunch of guys and and uh, you know the well the whole thing was just uh, you know fantastic because these guys were willing to work day and night for basically nothing mm-hmm. and uh, you know and we had good sponsorship and and uh, you know once I kind of got the hang of it, we had you know a few hiccups along the way trying to. You know, get uh, go 500 miles an hour. <laughs> it didn't go perfect the first time. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know. I think you know. In high school, I mean, I was a real shy guy that didn't want to give a book report, you know, because right. it was too nerve wracking right. for all the kids. Know? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but then you became like for a while the most popular like racer in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I didn't realize that, but you yeah. know, learned it along. Yeah. Way, but uh, anyway. So you went from like the awkward kid in high school to a dude that had the Beach Boys write a song about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Yeah. So let's go back to the very beginning. You're in your 80s. Okay. So you were born in 37? Yeah, 37. Yeah. Right. What did mom and dad do? 
my mom was a dancer, and um, and she worked in the well. She was a chorus girl for a while, and then when she got to Hollywood, uh, she started working in uh, uh, movies. You know uh-huh. the the uh, dancing. You know okay. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers sure, type cool. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then after that, she was in the um, Ice Follies with Sonia Heine, and she oh, skated wow. for a while. Okay. And um, what do you think of male figure skaters? <laughs> Pardon me. Male, are you, have, have you met any famous male figure skaters outside of the one here? I figure skated for a long time. Sean, so. Sean figure skated. Amateur. Oh, figure skater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I right. missed figure skaters. <laughs> <laughs> I talk fast. My hearing aids play games. <laughs> <laughs> nice. oh, yeah, but like Sonia Henny was the ice skater oh, yeah. of, of right. several decades. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, my mom used to practice at, at the Westwood uh, ice rink. Oh, no and, kidding. And uh, she was also the mascot for the Army ice hockey team. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah. 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 Popular girl. Yeah. 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 I just learned there was an Army ice hockey team, (laughs) and they had a mascot. Yeah, in California. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so that's what mom mom did. What was dad doing? Yeah, and my dad was basically started out as a a camera. Well, he got out of high school, went to work for a bank, and a friend of his got a job working at the studios, and uh, he started out as a as assistant cameraman, worked his way up to cameraman, and and then. he got involved. He was good mechanically and mm-hmm. stuff. So, th- so he kind of worked his way into special effects. And at that time, you know, they blew stuff up and burned things down. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be made, proper effects. Yeah, <laughs> made snow and arrows that ran down wires and so on and so forth. Any particularly famous action scenes we would know? Well, you know, uh, I I used to get to go to all all of the Tarzan movies that oh, were cool. filmed oh, cool on the back. Ba- yeah. Oh, it was really cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, uh, you know they they filmed in Culver City yeah. on, on what they call the Back Forty, and which was a Just sort a of massive location open lot. place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. and um, all of the sets for for Tarzan and for Sinbad the Sailor, the big tanks mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. and so forth were there. And uh, my dad was living. My dad, and my grandmother lived in Culver City, only blocks from where the studio yeah, was. Right, right. And so he worked there for a long time. And then when Hughes bought RKO, he took a liking to my dad, and so he kind of became a right-hand guy for Howard and would handle all the packaging of film and icing it down right. for the dailies and getting it on a plane and sending it home and stuff. So. Anyway, um, so even though your dad wasn't, say, a mechanic or a welder or something, like, film in that era especially was extremely mechanical compared to today. And uh, so he was still very much a tinkerer. Oh, yeah. He knew a lot about blowing stuff up. That's that's my guy. What would he What would he think of effects today, considering how much of his computer generated? Oh well, you know, I mean, it's it's just totally different. Everything's electronic, yeah, and you know, yeah. it's just uh, you know, fantastic. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, he'd be blown away by it. Yeah. Actually, it's right. not as fun though. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely, and you know, <laughs> in, in his case, they got you know they they got to uh, shoot the arrows down wires and so on and so forth. I know one time he shot a. Uh, an arrow down the wire to go to Steve McQueen, and it was supposed to. Uh, uh, it was it was one that was on fire. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right, anyway, right. and there do. was a slight mistake and caught Steve on fire. And I know my dad was. He, they were good friends, and <laughs> <laughs> he, my dad just felt horrible. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah when the, you shoot the McQueen, effect yeah. didn't work right. Yeah, know, yeah. So. Usually when you 
you burn a Hollywood icon, literally. <laughs> right, and your buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you come from an entertainment family. Well, it's, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and, you know, then, you know, I got interested in, in model airplanes in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was just... Uh, uh, really liked that, and and uh, got to the point where I was designing my own planes. I learned a lot about airplanes and yeah. about uh, aerodynamics and things from the model experience, and so that was a really uh, strong part of my life. And um, would build my own aircraft and put my own engine setups in, and and we I used those long aluminum pointy spinners off the speed planes, and and we incorporated that into my stunt planes and uh so you know they were real sleek and streamlined and low frontal area and low drag and stuff so uh you know i i really loved it it was great and i got to go to these different meets that they had around uh southern california at the time Mm -hmm. and that was grown up during the world war ii era when, when all the defense plants and everything were located in the area that I grew up in. Yeah, that's sort of West L.A. Torrance area. And so, you know, God, we knew the sound of every airplane that (laughs) that was made, you know, from a Bell Air Cobra to a P-38 to a 51 to whatever. We could say, oh, that's it. You know, we work, you know, little contests with each other. (laughs) Right, right. That kind of thing. So that was, you know, when I got, finally, uh, I... My, my stepfather, he was uh, essentially um, a teacher, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, a real sort of brainiac and and really into education and things like that, right. and and uh, so we were sort of like oil and water, because <laughs> 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 you're more of a trial and error kind of guy. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Anyhow, so the, 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 then I um, you know, I hung out with the older guys that were across the street that were into hot rodding and yeah. stuff and racing at the lakes. And, uh, you know, first I just kind of looked over the fence and hung out, and then they gave me jobs, dirty jobs. Right, right, yeah. Clean the wheels, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Sweep the floors. Yeah. Exactly. So um, and when the first time I went to Bonneville, I saw the streamliners and, of course, the background from the aerodynamics and yeah. everything, and I saw these really cool cars all painted really yeah. neat, and they went really fast, and I don't know, that just got me hooked. Yeah, so. yeah. So how do you go from sweeping the floors to actually getting to drive one of these things? Um, well, I guess you build your own. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So nobody no gave one, you. No yeah. one's going to let you drive one. Right. Because, so. right. like, I come from the world of sports car racing where oftentimes you get paired with the guy paying for it to be his teammate. Absolutely. But I, I have a feeling, and I'm basing this just on, like, small information, that a lot of the guys that build these things, I'm pointing at the wall because there's cool oh, yeah, stuff on the yeah. wall here, they then drive them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no one's going to be like, yeah, you go for it. Take all the glory. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's all amateur sports. So, uh, you know, there's no money for anything. So, you you know, it's it's a question of working really hard at the local speed shop and whatever, any way you can to grovel for money uh, to be able to build your hot rod and then go, you know, be fortunate enough to go run it at the lakes. And um, my dad had put a down payment on a ford at the westwood ford agency and then changed his mind on the car but there was still a six hundred dollar payment that he down payment that he made ordering it and um, 
so he came to me and you know at, at that time I had a belly tank and and my chop 34 Ford coupe and so anyway um, uh, you know I I just uh, uh, took the 600 bucks and bought a pickup truck <laughs> <laughs> okay and so yeah. I probably was the only guy at Venice High School that had a new pickup truck and that was thanks to my dad who who uh, just he couldn't use the money so, he so just, here you go yeah, took yeah. Care of there you go yeah, and right. so anyway that um you know and it enabled me to tow my cars to bonneville and do stuff like yeah. that yeah. And, and just had to work a lot <laughs> right, so, right so it was even even when you first first got started it was always salt flat style racing it wasn't drag racing wasn't an aspiration or stock car racing no yeah that. i mean i you know like i uh, when I uh, was growing up, it was right after the Second World War was over, mm-hmm. and uh, Sam Hanks, actually, he he was national uh, auto champion in the uh, uh, circle track stuff, uh, midget, and he was a uh, uh, national driving champion for USAC and stuff at that time, and he was he was uh, that was 1937, and when I was uh, my first one of my first times at Bonneville with my own car I I had to get there and I needed money as yeah. usual <laughs> right, right. weird yeah. and so there was an ad in the Culver City paper for sh- shag boys uh, to go to the um, you know to, to to work at and chauffeur the cars all around Culver City because Murphy was selling 600 Buicks a month and Sam Hanks, Sam Hanks was his coordinator that was also teaching him how to drive the Curtis Buick. And uh, so anyway, Sam was teaching him how to road race, basically. And uh, they were really good buddies. And then uh, Sam also, in addition to being the USAC champion in 37 and that, I, he... Uh, after the war, I mean, well, he was also a World War II fighter ace, and he, I don't know, he shot down 14 German fighter planes or something like that during the war. And when I got to work there, they had all of these different stations all over Culver City, and these the mechanics would chauffeur them and we'd chauffeur them, and they'd lose cars, and they got 600 customers pounding them. Hey, where's my car? <laughs> What'd you guys do? And so on and so forth. So this guy Otto Hunt who ran uh, the new car get ready he was very very caught up in all of this and hadn't come up with a system yet so I offered to uh, make a system to track all of the cars because the cars are coming from Detroit basically and well, they have to be prepared exactly or, yeah. and they unload them on a train track yeah. in Culver City right. and, and then none of the service works done to them I so see. it was right. up to the dealer to do everything yeah. you know, so it, right and this is in this year it's like you couldn't just scan the SKU to see. Yeah, it's like I checked the website; it should be here tomorrow. Yeah. So, so there really would be cars just wouldn't show yeah. up then. So anyway, I I uh, built a a big wooden chart. Went down to the hardware store and bought a bought two sheets of four by eight plywood and yeah. and then painted it all in in uh, blackboard uh, black and right. and then put white lines on it and organize the thing so that the mechanics could have a system when they took the car out right. they marked it on the yeah. board when it was over it's like a with, proper they, job list they put an yeah. x through it it was you know, yeah. really really a brainy Boring thing so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, checklist but anyway <laughs> sam came by and he says he said 
who the hell did this? Right. <laughs> and Otto says, it was Craig. And, of course, I'm 17 and yeah, just out of high school. Yeah. And uh, so Sam just took a liking to me. And I and I, it was a, one of the most wonderful things that ever happened to me because he was this great guy. He was national champion. He was running five midgets and yeah. teaching Murphy how to drive. So I got to go to... Uh, all of these sport car races and everything and, yeah. and meet Carol Shelby and, and uh, Phil Hill and right. all these guys right. that Legends. were, yeah. were yeah. that same thing that what you're telling me you guys do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's why we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're like recording them on vinyl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to point out that you just said something, even at that time, that we hammer this fact with the young listeners for, for us because we're now on the older side of this. Um, that at 17, you didn't sit there and say, Look what I did. Well, I made this, I yeah, made this or, whole... Or the other yeah. way, which is to say, like, well, they're not paying me enough. I am just going to do what I'm here to be paid for, and that's it. At 17, you said, I know how I can make this place run better. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. call attention to it. I'm just going to do it. Like, yeah. You didn't go to the boss and say, hey, look at what I did. Right. You just uh, did yeah. it because yeah. you needed it. And you've already been building model airplanes, so you have a general understanding of how to put things together. Oh, yeah. Well. And 17-year-old sponge brain, right, <laughs> just taking it all in. Of course, you know, and, yeah. and um, well, I, I hired in at uh, Quincy Automotive in Santa Monica on Wilshire Boulevard, and it was owned by a guy named Bill Cox, and he named it Quincy because his best friend was killed in, in the Second World War and stuff, and he opened Quincy Automotive under his friend's name, oh, wow. yeah, you know, just as a, cool a gum thing, and, yeah. and I went to work that was probably the hottest speed shop around at the time yeah. and um, I had some welding experience and so on and so forth so I got well I, and I was okay at driving the parts truck yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I used to do that to LA and pick up parts and everything yeah. and, and then um, I worked on their muffler rack uh, welding mufflers on and stuff and um, you know so that was a you know a really you know phenomenal experience for me and I I, I worked about three jobs at the time in addition to working at the at the uh, speed shop and uh, you know just uh, it just seemed like things you know I mean I I know one thing I was always working yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. so I mean Ryan and I just drove down Wilshire yesterday and you know Wilshire today it's just sure. nothing but high-rises and eateries and all the things you'd expect of a sort of a big city thoroughfare street uh -huh. but I mean that era was sort of the foundation of drag racing, especially in that part of the world. Yes. Um, how I mean, was it like was it like a speed shop every other block of some guy tuning a hot rod? Well, there was a lot of them. I mean, yeah. there, you know, as I mentioned, Blonde Equiflow Exhaust. I mean, there were a lot of companies that were just. This was even before SEMA, before SEMA started, yeah, right. and, and when actually. I mean, if you were a hot rodder, you were sort of looked down to yeah, like right. some yeah. kind yeah. of a kind hippie of, or something. Right, right, right. 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 Was yeah, an yeah. antisocial yeah. piece of society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So in the movie American Graffiti, which one are you? Oh, God, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So at what point do you, what, what's the first thing you build to take to Bonneville? Uh, with my 34 coupe, yeah, and uh, it you know it was not uh, very fancy. It got they got better. As <laughs> oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the last one. I don't know if you know your name, but it's Craig Breedlove. Yeah, like, right. You know you're Craig Breedlove, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know just uh, uh, it's a great time to grow up, and uh, you know it's uh, 
you know, I mean, it was a great life. I mean, and, and phenomenal things happened. I, you know, just, you know, I mean, you know, I, Sam took me down Culver Boulevard in the Buick one day and did a four-wheel drift all the way around where, <laughs> where um, Culver Boulevard crosses Lincoln Boulevard. There's an overpass there and stuff, and we all used to I race. And I wouldn't recreate that today. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it'll go well. Yeah. So. so when you go to Bonneville for the first time, with your, was it 34 Ford? 34. Yeah, uh-huh. what was the goal? Like how fast were you trying to go? Well, I was. Uh, it was a, a C coupe, modified coupe, because I had the chop, top chopped way down you have and to. stuff. Yeah, and, um, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, but the goal I think was in the. Um, uh, I remember I went 148, and and I was qualified to do the record, but um, I, uh, we were having problems with the uh, uh, nitromethane. And, and the um, uh, the first time you went there, yeah, the yeah. first time I went there, yeah. So well, we, it was the f- one of the f- they superchargers were just really rare. I mean, and I my machine shop teacher at Venice High School, he knew one of the local sport car guys, uh, Jack McAfee, I think his name was. You know, he 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 liked to, he was a great machine shop teacher, but he was into sport cars yeah, and yeah. stuff. And so he came in one day to class and said, "Does any any of you guys want to buy a Scott Blower? Really, really? <laughs> Anyone cheap? need a supercharger? <laughs> this is high school. Right. <laughs> so uh, that still happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're you're you've never run the flats. You're how old with this 34? Uh, well, I I was uh, basically 16 when I started to drive it. Yeah. And, right. And I the reason I started driving it, I was actually kind of fr- afraid to do it because I had never. Yeah. run the lakes or anything and, right. and there was a guy don rackman in the screwdrivers club and he drove about five cars and one that was a record holder a roadster that belonged to yakel brothers uh, cadillac which was a dealership that was into hot rodding but uh in any case um uh you know uh that that was like the first year the blowers were, and I set the uh, record at El Mirage Dry Lake when I was uh, 16 and the guys in the screwdrivers were all in their 20s actually most of them were veterans that had come back from, from the, the war yeah. <coughs> and when you say like the screwdriver club is that like an informal group of guys who yeah all kinda, it's like a yeah. band of brothers that all help each other in their exactly. deal exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they have jackets yeah jackets yes. and, and the okay. you know the metal plaque that goes on yeah. the back yeah. of the yeah. car and everything but were, were you part of this yeah well I, and Eventually. then I, I had my i bought this belly tank and then mm-hmm. rebuilt it and and some friends of mine that lived across the street from me they they uh, uh gene the younger brother he had a Oldsmobile with a 671 supercharger on it Pitching. and everything and i had yeah. i had the belly tank which i sold to roger his older brother because yeah. i needed a caster in the coupe <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how i got to be driver of the belly tank okay yeah and uh and you know went uh, we went up there and and qualified for the speed record but the the uh, clutch went out in it, uh-huh. so we had a truck clutch, and with the supercharged Osmobile in there, it was too much torque for the truck clutch yeah, to yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, anyway, after qualifying for the record, uh, I only made a one-way pass, and you we couldn't come back. Yeah, so, right, uh, right. you know, one of those things. But, uh, you know, I ran 236, I think, in that at that time. And, <laughs> and so, Again, and that's at, like, 17 years old? Yeah, you're looking, you're, yeah. yeah. You're looking at us in this dismissive way, like, that's all I did. Yeah, I only did faster than either of you have ever been before. Yeah, like, and, they're uh, just barely getting to those speeds in Indy again in 2019, <laughs> right. you know? And so. that's, uh, that would have been, like, 1950-something? Well, I graduated in 55, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Christ. I only did 236 that time. Yeah, Okay, so at 236... And you're and you're still a teenager, and you live in L.A., and it's a beautiful time to live here. Yeah. How tall are you walking down the street picking up ladies? Uh, you know, I was really shy for one thing. Even after that? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, just, uh, well, most of my buddies were older, you know. So, anyway, and I, I just was not, uh, you know, really socially oriented that way. I was so into the cars and doing the mechanics and doing model airplanes. Right. And all so you're, almost, you're like a racing nerd, basically. Yeah, you're just exactly. like sucked in on this. Yeah, yeah okay, right. I get that, it. That's get my it. excuse, too. Yeah, Sean's uh, the same way. Uh, <laughs> did they get, so you were all with older guys. What, did they have a nickname? Uh, were you squirt Well, or I mean, they, yeah, they just call me Craig. And, and <laughs> that's <laughs> not a nickname. That's just a name. Uh, you know, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> okay, did other members of the screwdrivers have nicknames? Yeah. Like, was there like Fuzzy Tom and no, Stinky I didn't, Pete? Uh, well, I can remember, you know, like Hickey was yes. one of the guys. Right. <laughs> and uh, is it exactly why we think it is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Hickey did okay. Yeah, Hickey, Hickey did, did okay. okay. All right. But I, I, got, I was a lot younger, and so when they wanted, when they had dates and stuff to go out with and stuff, yeah. I usually drove the cars to take, I didn't have my driver's license yet. But they let me drive and then haul them around, and they had the girls in the back seat and stuff. So. Yeah, wow. right, right. Ultimate but wingman. You got to earn yeah. your place. Yeah. 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 You know, wow. So. Okay. Yeah, I have Sean drive me around like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, yeah. We, so, uh, we had to kick out Herpy a couple of years ago. Yeah, Herpy's gone. <laughs> yeah. Finally. So, uh, <laughs> so how do you go from doing 236 as a teenager to uh, literally driving a jet-powered car not that well, long later? I... I, uh, you know, I, I was trying, well, I, I got married, uh, my first real date was with my first wife at the graduation party for Venice High School. Okay. And so they had a, you know, a graduation party that was down in Play Del Rey, mm -hmm. so we all went down there and, you know, danced and drank beer in the parking lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Good old days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, did all that stuff, and and my wife got pregnant about three months after we met. So uh, actually, she wasn't my wife at the time. My girlfriend, and but and so next thing you know, you're getting married. Next, yeah. well, you know, I had three kids, and we still didn't have the first one paid for yet. Good, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> solid, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, yeah, I like so I I had to uh, leave Bill Murphy Buick just because uh, I ne needed to make more money with three right. kids and so on and so forth. And they had moved me up to manager of the parts department, mm -hmm. but uh, anyway, I needed more more yeah. than that. So uh, my dad had loaned me the money to put a down payment on a house in Costa Mesa because we had three kids and a really tiny little 
house was a, a two bedroom. Okay. Well, it wasn't really two bedroom. It was a one bedroom, one bath house. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And so um, anyway, we needed more space. My dad gave me the down payment, and well, he didn't give it to me. He loaned it to me, and, and so on and so forth. But um, so I was try. I, in the meantime, I w- I had got a job uh, working for material and process engineering at Douglas. Oh, cool. And uh. I and. <laughs> and I worked for a, a real rising star that also a young guy that was a college graduate engineer. His name was Stu Fredericks. And uh, at, that was at the time that they were trying to develop all the high temperature materials and everything for the beginning of the rocket era and so on and so forth. Then they were also building the DC-8 and stuff with the jet engines in it. And they had to make the engines quieter and stuff because the jets were disturbing yeah people that bought homes around the airport right right. (laughs) the times have not changed at all that's so strange yeah Yeah. it always starts with the airport and they build homes all around yeah it's never the other way yeah you knew you were moving yeah so anyway um you know i'm just uh uh went through that i learned a lot about uh, material and processes and 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 aluminum and well more sophisticated welding the heliarc welding was all coming in so I got an experience with that, and and then I was looking for a job in Costa Mesa because my wife and kids were down there, and I was living with my dad in my little house. He moved in there after he'd loaned me the down payment, I think. I okay. cleaned him out. Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Damn kids. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Um, so they they were they just had an ad in the newspaper. I had remember I I went to a one parts uh, place that did muffler work in in Santa Ana, and uh, they uh, the guy you know uh, got me under the card because of my age and everything. He didn't really think I knew right. what I was doing, yeah. so he got me under there, blew a big hole in this rusty old exhaust system and then threw me the torch and i immediately proceeded to just blow it right back in you know (laughs) and he went whoa (laughs) so i got uh, hired but then when i went home uh there was an ad in the paper for the fire department and i thought oh wow the fire department that means i can work one day and have a day off to work on the race car okay. and work another day. so <laughs> nice with the need for more money in the family the racing hadn't been put aside at all oh no okay no, no <laughs> I, I mean I, it, I like this I, yeah. it had been curtailed with three kids so. yeah for sure, for sure. But it wasn't gone it wasn't yeah. gone and yeah. now you're yeah. looking at how to so it's not the money it's the time so, you're trying to buy yeah anyway yeah. then i i Ended up, uh, there was 500 guys uh, applied for the five positions they had open. And uh, got him, uh, the first day was a, was the intelligence test. And I, I remember, you know, it, it was just where they, there's no end to the thing. Yeah, you, right. just, you, know, you can't finish it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people were getting up and doing their thing, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Like they were you giving know, up on I, it? Yeah, oh, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. I, but I didn't know that. I sure. thought they were finishing this thing. You know? <laughs> 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 and so I went home, and I'm going, oh, my God. I said, well, forget that. I'm not going to be a fireman. You know, right. this, this deal's out. Yeah. So then I, you know, at the end of the week, I get a letter from the fire department that said I qualified on the intelligence test and, you know, come come in for the physical agility and all that stuff. And I was in pretty good shape. So 
when I went to the physical agility, I, you know, I did okay. Not, you know, obviously there's some gorillas that come as well, you know. But um, so then they notified me that I I passed the physical thing, and then they said, "You're you. We want you to come in for the oral interview." So I went in and. And uh, they had the city manager and the fire chief uh, at the oral interview thing, and so I went to that, and I and I, you know, I was pretty shy, so I wasn't really the best on my feet talking, and so, uh, and then I got a, a notice that I had been uh, hired. I went to work for the fire department, and. You know, it was a great job, I and I poured concrete slabs on my days off and stuff to earn money and that. And I w- worked there for a little, just a little over a year, and I just realized that I wanted to do something in racing. You know, I, I mean, driving the fire engine was pretty cool, which I got to do, and because and I was... And are you like, are you late 20s around this point? No, I was uh, 21. Oh, yeah. you're, oh yes. you're still, still yeah. a baby. Well, you have to be baby. 21. Three kids. Yeah. 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 Right. Three kids so, at 21 years yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're having that sort of moment where, like, this can't be my life when there's this yeah, whole other was, thing out there. Well, Ray was uh, studying fireman's knots, you know. Okay. And, <laughs> okay. and um, you know, they have a special knot to mm-hmm. lift. The ladder up, a special knot sure. to put around the hose, sure. a special I knot. Mean, so that I'm not smart enough for this, but sure. Yeah. Anyway, you've got to learn, you know, all these technicalities, and it, and it, it's part of uh, being able to pass the tests too. So you know that, and if they, you know, if you want to be, a, uh, you know, a, an engineer and then run the, you know, you got to know, know all, all, these all the yeah, details yeah, yeah, of everything right, and right, stuff. Right. Yeah. And. I wasn't that interested in it. So, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that I mean, it, it was a great job, and it it, it gave me, uh, you know, uh, money you know, right, to but your support my family right. and, you know, stuff like that. But I'm still into the... Well, uh, even if you're 21, you're between your family <coughs> and sort of where you're, you're living the life of a guy that's just about to turn 30 yeah, in terms well, of actual life experience. And yeah. so, uh, so it seems like at this point you're now... Yeah. Well, so this isn't what you want. I started thinking about where my life was going, having three kids and all of this stuff, and you know, wanting to race and not how how can I do it, you know? And I I had great friends like Sam Hanks and Quinn Epperly, and you know, really great people, and really, but I wanted to somehow fit into that. And Mickey Thompson was building the four-engine uh, Pontiac car, the Challenger. And um, anyway, I knew Mickey from from uh, the drag strip days and stuff, and I thought, well, you know, God, that's something I think I could do. You know, as I was looking for something that I thought I had the, abil- the enough skills to do it, and I w- was pretty limited. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Uh, Anyway, I thought the one thing I know how to do is build a land speed record car. Yeah. And with the Douglas background and the model airplane background and the f- yeah, running you, the cars. You know about aero, you know about materials. You've got all the little core ingredients. So I, I, you know, went to my wife and I told her, look, 
you know, I, I need to go back to Los Angeles because there's nothing down here in Costa Mesa right now, and it, I can't get parts and I can't get whatever. And I had uh, one of the uh, uh, guys, Ed Perkins, that sponsored my belly tank and stuff. He had a guy in, in a, a shop he, uh, at his gas station that uh, rebuilt batteries. And, okay. And so the tar was about this thick on the floor. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> and most of the windows were broken out of this. And, yeah. and yeah. this place really needed an overhaul. <laughs> <laughs> So Ed said he was sponsoring the belly tank and a little bit of money for my coop and stuff. And so he said, well, he said, Craig, he says, if you can get this battery shop straightened out, he says, you can have it to try and build a land speed car in it. So I would come down every day off then and scrape the tar off the floor and put windows in. And I got this thing all dialed in, painted, whatever. And in the process... Uh, some J47 engines came up for sale on Alameda Street at a war surplus dealer from the Korean War. How did you know this, Craig? Well, well hang on a second. Yeah. Let's just, that entire statement is insane to think about. Some J47s came up for sale. Rocket engines, basically, you know, jet engines. Well, they were <coughs> engines out of F86s and also the B47s. Right. And they just yeah, put that in like an army surplus store in the middle of West LA? <coughs> well, they what they did was they tore them all apart and separated this metal from this metal, yeah, and then right. it was sold as scrap. <laughs> Okay, and and the, and the United States government had tens of thousands yeah. of these things left over from the Korean War right. when that was over with. Right. And so I went down to the guy that I used to buy, uh, you know, fittings and things like that from Air Motive Company. And <laughs> so I got Sam in the back and said, look, Sam, I, I want to buy one of these J47 engines, and how much do you get guys end up getting profit out of an engine after you separate all the thing and sell it for scrap metal? And he says, oh, well, he says, probably make about 500 bucks an engine scrapping them out, something like that. I don't know what the heck they bought them for, probably I'll, way less. I'll but take it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I said to them, I said, look, is there any chance that I could pay you 500 bucks for one of these engines and you don't have to do anything to it? I'll just, you just take, the, the assembled take it engine off your head. fell off the truck. So he said, yeah. He says, <laughs> sure. He says, save us all the work of doing it. Yeah. And we still make the 500 bucks. Yeah. Here you go, a, civilian. Take a turbojet engine. But so, yeah. <laughs> Because so. different time, um, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you basically bribed a guy <laughs> to get a jet engine from a surplus store in West L.A. What was it? It was on Alameda Street in Los Angeles, downtown. <laughs> okay, kind of downtown. Central L.A. Downtown L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, where you pick up jet engines. Right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the jet engine. It's, it's right next yeah. to the garment district, the, the right. jet engine so, district. Right, the, the big, rocket launchers are down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big thing was, of course, I didn't have $500. Oh, so, okay. So, then I had to go to Ed Perkins, and Ed basically had, I'd cleaned the shop, had it immaculate, yeah. had all new windows in yeah. it, everything else, and it turned out that somebody wanted to rent it as soon as it was all dialed in. So he said, Craig, you know, I'm really sorry, but uh, 
And well, he had, he had agreed to the jet engine already. Okay, and he had already bought me some chromoly tubing to build the frame out of. And all of this was moving along, and then all of a sudden, uh, I mean, I, so I had the engine, I had the tubing, I had the car design pretty well worked out, and I had called the uh, Federation International uh, uh, Motorcyclist because I got turned down by the FIA, the automobile group, for a jet car because you had to have... 60% of your power go through the wheels way back then and that was the condition that Donald Campbell built Bluebird under that yeah. he had to have 60% wheel and drive and, and 40% thrust, thrust yeah. you know? okay. so anyway the the FIA told me you know go pack sand you got to have you know which yeah, meant the this, this four million dollar car yeah right, right okay so i had it in my mind i was going to build a jet car yeah right, <laughs> yeah, right. and eliminate all the costs of all of that yeah yeah, whir- yeah, yeah. whirling yes. machinery yeah. right yeah. and we're on your side yeah. <laughs> so instead you went to the fim to make a motorcycle of this well i called him up and i said look uh, and told him who i was and everything and you know they didn't know right well to, to be anyway. clear you're a, you're a you're a kid that's calling because you just got a jet engine off the back of a truck, effectively, and and the FIM is like, yeah, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, exactly, yeah. and yeah. and so I'm saying I got turned down by the FIA. I want to build an all jet vehicle, and I have a, a modification in my design and my thinking on the car for the FIM, and I'd like to build a. Th- turn it into a three-wheel yeah, car. Yeah, like a trike kind of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and would you be willing to sanction it internationally for the unlimited world speed record? And they went, hmm. They said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because yeah. you're basically going, hey, I'm going to get a bunch of headlines of this if it works. Yeah. Well, they never held the unlimited world speed record in the history of the FIM, which yeah. went back into the, to the late 1800s, yeah. you know, I mean, right, right. first motorcycles and mm-hmm, stuff that mm-hmm. they were involved in. And they had never once had anything like that. The unlimited yeah. world speed record with a motorcycle. Yeah, right. And how old are you? Well, I at the t- at the time, let's see, I was the I was twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, How the f- are you here right now? <laughs> like, How did you make it? Yeah. So, kind of getting into the uh, the first Spirit of America, which is what you're building here, which yeah. becomes like a huge deal. It didn't start out immediately successful, right? You guys had some trials getting it to handle correctly. Is that, is that well? The- yeah, we. It, it, Anyway, I wanted to come back to Los Angeles, and of course, my wife, you know, with the three kids and everything, and her first home, you know, that it wasn't looking good to her. Yeah, sure, <laughs> right. I, you know, I wonder why. And yeah. you're out playing race car, yeah. right? What do you mean you don't want to go back to LA? And <laughs> roll around in the garage with me? Yeah, right, right, right. Because Costa Mesa, I assume, was a little bit more spacious. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so. You know, I I quit my job at the fire department Mm -hmm. and um, basically, you know, just based on part-time work and, you know, what have you and and, uh, collecting unemployment and and what have you, I managed to, and and I'd lost my other shop, so I talked my dad into letting me take the 
back wall of our garage in Culver City and make it into a 40-foot long garage so that we could build the 38-foot long uh, jet car. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. And then... Uh, so this is, and this is sort of your first real go at a, at a proper land speed record car. car. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Did, this, this is, you know, for the big number. This yeah. is a big thing. Well, so at this, at this, in 1955, what was the big number that you, you had to beat? Well, it was, it was held by John Cobb uh -huh. of England, and they had held the record, I think, for 37 or 38 years. Right, right. right. And Not that one record, but in other words, the English had always held it. Yeah, well, yeah. They, but he held, he said it uh, before... Yeah, it was like 1947. Yeah, 47. Yeah, yeah, yeah before yeah. the war, and you know, anyway. Right, but it was always like it wasn't just one record. That was just John Cobb kept setting it. Yeah, yeah well, it was yeah. John Cobb and Easton, and okay. you know, all these. So it's all the Brits, Richard though. Noble. I okay. mean, big nobleman people, mm -hmm. you know. British people British with, people. with money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knighted people. Right, right, right. Versus Knights the, of uh, the round table were in versus this game. This, this, <laughs> this 20-something yeah. from California. They, so. they didn't have many many high school kids from Venice yeah. High yeah, right. <laughs> in, in their group. So, so, But that's my point. It's so, like, you know, the, sort of the British aristocracy is out doing their thing. Yeah. Did anyone know that there was this kid building a three-wheeled jet car? Well, it was. Yeah, I mean, we. Bill Moore uh, was one of the Fisher Body guys. Um, you know, he started working for several of the uh, car magazines in in Hollywood, doing yeah. artwork, and he did cutaway drawings and all kinds of stuff. And then art went to work for an, another big design group that did prototype models and okay. so on and okay. so forth. And, and you're managing this whole thing? Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it yeah, I, you know, the, I mean... Based on we, all of your project management experience building jet cars. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just pointing yeah. this out. I like that you're like, laughing as much as we are. Yeah, it's like, it's absurd. Everything you're saying is absolutely absurd. Right. So, well, okay. yeah, I mean, it was, you know, even my dad, you know, he... he well, he got remarried, and 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 uh, he had I had paid him back the money from the down payment in Costa Mesa, and then he bought another house in Culver City that was close to the studios, and when he got remarried, Laura, his new wife, uh, didn't like all of the guys going to the garage in the back, and uh, I turning yeah. it all up. She's got to go. Was. I got a new girlfriend, Lee, who was a car hop at Robert's Drive-In, not a couple blocks from where we were building uh -huh. the car and stuff. And so then Lee had an apartment on the next block over. So I kind of moved. When my dad got married, I moved out of the house over to Lee's house, okay. or her apartment. Okay. And uh, and she had a couple of kids okay. and and uh, was working as a car hop to right. uh, support them and stuff. And your your wife was over it at this point, basically. Yeah, my yeah. wife. I, well, I was you yeah. know sending child support for yeah, three yeah, kids yeah. and yeah, doing yeah, all, yeah, all yeah, of that right, stuff. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. but but it's all for this one giant project. But you know, so today. You know, people sign NDAs, you're worried about Twitter and Instagram and all these ways that something, a, a special project can leak out because you don't want anyone to know what you're doing. Um, was it a little bit of this in that time? Uh, well, we, 
everybody just thought we had no no chance. I mean, right. it was like, you well, know, yeah, I mean, we were nobody. You uh, know? You're going against <laughs> British nobles. Yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, so, But, like, was there a no cell phone policy in the shop? Uh, That's so. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're just building this thing in my dad's thing, and then I had moved out and everything, but then my dad was having problems with his wife, and so anyway, he needed to get a different house and get away from where the car was being built. Okay. So then I had to figure out how I was going to get enough money to buy his house so that I could keep working in the garage uh, and right. keep yeah, yeah, going. Yeah. So what had happened is I sold my chop 34. Well, first of all, I had a piece of property I bought mm-hmm. along the way when I was really young. And it was in uh, Palm Desert. And it had appreciated considerably. Okay. And I had some friends that I used to drag race with on Culver Boulevard and stuff, Jim and Lucy Johnson. <laughs> and Lucy's grandfather had, had passed away and left her um, a sizable uh, uh, asset that gave her uh, month, monthly uh, income. And right. so they was, she was pretty rich all of a sudden. Yeah. And um, anyway, they agreed to buy my lot in Palm Desert. So they wanted to give me some money to help me with the car, but I didn't. I had a rule I wouldn't take money from friends and and do that. So yeah. I, anyway, I, I I said, well, I you know I I really need the help, and that I really appreciate the offer. But how about if I sell you my lot in Palm Desert, and then you got value for your money, and you're not you know, and I'm not mooching off of anybody. Yeah, right. I want anybody. Sure. So uh, anyway, uh, so. They had given me, they gave me 20000 for the lot, which was was market value. It was a, that was it. And, and um, uh, they had given me 10 cash, okay, and they had not, that was, it was in, in process. So when my dad came up with this thing with Laura, I went, well, I don't know where the hell I'm going to get the money to get you a down payment yeah, on right. a house. Okay, this is... Yeah. What, uh, I know that the team was called Spirit of America. Did the car have a name? Or the, the yeah, we I named it Spirit of America. Right. I, actually, I had an, an old. Uh, we bought a surplus school desk that had been in a school and then sold off when they, they got really beat up pretty bad. Okay. And I had that at Lee's apartment, which was on the next on Sautel Boulevard, <laughs> the next one over from Sepulveda. And that's where I did all my letters and stuff there. And then. Um, Anyway, um, uh, I was remembering, I really liked the story of, of um, uh, Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Charles Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh, you know, yeah. flying across the Atlantic and stuff. That right. was in the movie and all that, yeah, really neat stuff. So I thought, well, I... I I really want to do something like Lindbergh's doing, but I you know I I just uh, you know I I need uh, you know something to make it patriotic because America hasn't had this record for 37 years. Okay, so 
I th- was thinking Spirit of St. Louis, Spirit of St. Louis, and then I thought, you know, Spirit of the Spirit of the United, Spirit of the U.S., Spirit of, and then I went, you know, Spirit of America. That's it. That's it. Spirit of America, and uh, so, and at that time, no one had ever used that, and 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 so I I wrote a letter to, from myself to myself, saying, you know, that I'm trying to protect the use of the name and stuff. And um, probably wouldn't have held up to anything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but someone told me I could do that. Right. You're like, oh, that must, at that least, it, at least it established that yeah. you, you tried. Uh, tried. So it's, 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 so it's, it's, the garage is this sort of band of misfit folks who all are trying to run away from, from their girls. Just sort of doing some basic numbers here. How many, how many man hours would you say went into this car? Oh, God, we worked day, almost day and night on it. Because it's all volunteers, right? Yeah, it's all volunteers. And uh, we, you know, probably, what would you say, Stan? Uh, 20 people working. 20 people working. Wow, so 20 yeah. people. But it's not like nobody is full-time. It's like like Stan's got Friday night off. I've yeah. got some Saturday morning. Yeah. 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 And so, so anyway... Uh, uh, Rod Chappelle had had he worked for Task Corporation down in Orange County, and I I needed someone to help me with the wind tunnel testing because I didn't know anything about doing wind tunnel tests or anything like that. I mean, I knew I knew what they were, and I knew you know, but I yeah, you were just doing CFD. Yeah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, Rod's company had built the the balance system for the Navy that they used at the Naval Postgraduate School up in Monterey. And he had done the, uh, done the wind tunnel work on the uh, Beast streamliners that Chet Herbert built. And, and uh, so he had a reputation. And so I just picked up the phone and called, called him. Yeah. And said, you know, this is, I'm doing this, da-da-da-da-da, you know, and I need to get it wind tunneled. Is there any way you can help me, you know? And he said... Well, you know, let me, you, you know, come on down. Uh, he says, I'm off Saturdays and Sundays, so why don't you come down to the house and let me see, show me what you're doing and so on and so forth. Maybe, you know, something I can yeah. help you or let yeah. you know or something. You, you had some basic understanding from flying RC planes. Just being around. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's, that's not going to tell you what a wind tunnel can Well, tell and I knew about the Herbert Streamliners, and yeah. they had run magazine articles about the wind tunneling of those cars and stuff, and, and so I called him up and... I drove down to to Orange County and and uh, had a meeting with him, and I had a model of the car built with the three wheel design and everything. And he's he was he it was very professional looking. I mean, we were we were pretty good at what we did, but you know, I mean, I didn't know how the car really should be. For yeah, right. You don't know if you're showing so, him something crazy or something that's done wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, basically, I I was shooting aerodynamically a little too high, kind of a more of a supersonic configuration than a subsonic configuration. Okay, and so and now we understand what that means, but for let's say the listeners no. who don't. Know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, supersonic. It's it's long, thin airfoils, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, very gradual change in area rule of the, of the vehicle, and. Uh, you know, so on and so forth, and and for you know sub, you know subsonic stuff. Why they're more fat and ra- more roundy yeah. and yep. stuff. So just the way the air travels at that speed is yeah. better and, for that and, shape. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Rod said, you know, I'd 
Yeah, he said, I like the concept. I liked everything. But, you know, I, he said, I, I think that, that we should uh, change the thing for subsonic aerodynamics, you know. And, you're, you know, you're not going to buy anything with this. And it's not going to go that fast, he didn't think. And so, anyway, um, uh, basically, he came up with a line drawing of, of the changes and just gave it to me. So we we built the model to uh, rod specifications, and it, we hollowed the inside out so that we could duct air through it. And then I had a a, a spool that that w w went into a tapered uh, chamber so that we could regulate the airflow through the inside of the model and through the inlet ducts. And and then we built uh, uh, test tests without any wheel fairings on it and with wheel fairings on it and so it's, it's this whole team yeah. of like this guy understands aero this guy understands materials and everyone yeah. just like no one can commit full time to this right and we yeah. didn't have yeah. any money yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right 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 so yeah. everyone does what they can so uh, uh from start to finish what was it, a six month project a nine month project uh, I would say what were two years? Something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so two years yeah. to do this. When we, well, when we were do, trying to figure out how to steer the nose wheel in this car to go that fast yeah. and everything, Rod came up with a with a system. He said, "Well, I don't think." He says, "You know, I've been looking at this nose wheel, looking at this nose wheel." He says, "I can't figure a good way to do it." Yeah. So he says, I think really what we ought to do is make all the wheels fixed. Uh huh. So they don't, they're just point straight ahead, yeah. that's it. So you right. literally just point it the and, way you want to go and you're never going to steer it. And then we'll put an air rudder on the nose. Okay. Okay. And so and I said, well, what am I going to do to get it going? <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I got to get it going really fast for the air rudder to work. And in the meantime, there's no control in the car. <laughs> and so... He said, well, you just, you just steer it like an airplane. And I said, well, what do you mean like an airplane? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> this is clearly a motorcycle yeah, that we're right, talking about. Right, right. And uh, so, so he said, well, he says you, you have differential braking in the back wheels. And I didn't know that. I didn't even know airplanes because I w yeah, all yeah, the airplanes slow down I knew about wheel. were World War II airplanes that were pretty sleek, and you know, and I didn't realize that every, they had tail draggers that stirred with differential yeah. brakes on the thing and stuff. And uh, so, he, so that was the system he had figured out. We would have differential braking from this thing and this thing. So, anyway, and, and he wanted to be in charge of the whole thing and everything. So we made him the the head guy. Of all, all decisions had to go through Chappelle. So he decided that the very first run that we needed to go full full power off the very first run. And I said, Rod, I've never even Holy sat in this shit. thing. I yeah, love right. this guy. Yeah. This guy's my guy. <laughs> and uh, I'm going, are you sure? You know, I mean, we. I mean, I've never driven a car with yeah. the brakes or what. You know, I know. You know, I. I thought we'd take it easy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Nope. See, what, see what was going on and everything. And God, I had Shell Oil Company up there. I had Goodyear. I had, a, you know, big major sponsors now. Oh, and also you don't want to die. 
well, and also I don't want to die. And, and so, sponsors was his first concern. Anyway, well, I had guys. to keep my sponsors. That was for yeah. sure. Sponsors typically don't like dead guys. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That could ruin their whole day. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, so anyway, uh, um, Rod just dominated the whole thing. And the truth was, is the first run I made in the car, it was totally uncontrollable. Yeah. And I, I, I shut the thing down, and he came roaring up in the car, and he said, "What'd you shut it off for? What'd you shut up?" He says, "Rana was completely out of control." Yeah. I said, "I, you know, I would push on the right brake, and it go left, you know, solid, and, you know, yeah, I, right. you know, I, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on in here, you know." <laughs> Give me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, and uh, you want to drive? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that it eventually came to that because oh, okay. because what what happened was that he started uh, stirring up the crew that the whole thing oh, that was oh, wrong with everything is I was driver. chicken to drive it. Yeah, and and right. you're the guy that's created this entire project. Yeah. 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 So he's and, dead. And so uh, you know, and I mean I I made him the head guy in front yeah. of Shell and yeah. from a good year front, you know, yeah. and, I, right. and all this stuff a set, set him up. I made a monster. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't really make one. I found that I had one. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, when all the press got there and everything started happening and we had, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. then he started just going mm-hmm. really crazy, yeah. So wait, it, so when you say when the press got there, do you mean like at the salt flat while well, you're doing the, the Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Bill Fleming of ABC was there. I mean, there was a whole bunch of, I mean, big worldwide TV stuff, news, you know. For a test. Well, yeah. Well. So, literally, this is from an era where, like, you would do this run, you'd come to a stop, and then, like, the news vans, like, you'd see in movies pull up, and they're like, how'd it go? You know, and they're in exactly. your face, right? Yeah, totally. that doesn't happen now anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you, well, you know, anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, y- you know, that. so the thing was, we, were, we had two weeks reserved on the salt, and... And you weren't going to go for the record, or you were just testing it, or... Well, I, I, I mean... The w- w- first of all, it was un- not controllable with the back wheels. Okay, he rather than look at anything wrong with the car, he blamed it on me completely. Well, you're you're a kid. It's not like you were a, a, an Air Force test pilot. It's not yeah. like you were some Indy 500 no, winner. No, no, so you no. like it. it you gro- would make an easy. I drove target. a belly tank. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, what? Because I genuinely don't know. Yeah. You said you had the salt flats for two weeks. Was the goal that like day one we test and develop, and by day thirteen we're actually setting the record? Was that the well? Goal? Yeah, okay. it, to work okay. the thing up to speed. But, okay, but, but he wanted to start full power from the <laughs> very first. Okay, now I'm not an engineer. Okay. That's a terrible day, idea. Right. <laughs> but but so basically, you've got two weeks to get this right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And otherwise, the British are going to laugh at you. Well, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. and I don't have a sponsor anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shell's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Goodyear's gone. Everybody's gone. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, See you right. later, kid. Yeah, <laughs> we, we. I mean, this was. It ended up to be like a, uh, almost like a war. Like a mutiny. With well, the crew and I mean, and, yeah. you know, I mean, and and he would. He, I was accused of doing it intentionally to get out of driving it, and that's the last thing oh, I wanted. You're to you're shutting do. down because you're too chicken. Not that it's actually uncontrollable. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this car he, with locked wheels, driven yeah. by an airfoil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, what the 
we we went along and and I I was accused of intentionally steering it off the course, and uh, and uh, you know m making t so that I wouldn't have to drive this thing. Well, the first thing I did was I took the steering wheel out of the car and I handed it to Rod. And I said, okay, park your fat ass in here. It doesn't take take a uh, an ignition key. There's a toggle switch right there Here's to fire the engine going. right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get, get going. Yeah. And whoa, whoa, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. So that started that. Okay, then Nye and I were, were trying to figure out what the hell was wrong. Chappelle was still trying to to get rid of my sponsorship and take the whole project over and get rid of me type of thing. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, Bill Lawler, who I had sold the project to at Shell Oil Company, um, he he backed me from day one. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a whole story. You had how Shell that for happened. forever. Right? Okay, we were completely broke totally broke and Chappelle told me she said he said Craig you're gonna have to stop working on this car and go get the effing money <laughs> because otherwise this car is never gonna get finished the way you guys are going and whatever you need money well at 21 years old and you know with a Venice high school education and stuff like that I mean I knew I needed money but I hadn't got hadn't almost the slightest idea how I was going to get it. The only thing I could think of was, was where we all hung out at, at the clock drive-in to go street racing and stuff on Culver Boulevard. Uh, there was a Shell gas station right across the street on the same corner just across the street and Andy Anderson owned the Shell station and that's who we worked part-time for. We were in, in high school. Anyhow, I went in and said, you know, he asked me, he hadn't seen me for a few years, and he said, asked me what the hell I was doing, and I said, well, I'm building an unlimited speed record car. And he says, you're kidding me, and so we go through this conversation, and he was real interested, like he always was, he likes kids, you know, and so I said, what I, what I wanted to know from you, I said, who, I know that the Shell District office is next door to the station, I want to know who runs the Shell District office in the building next to the station. And he said, well, he's a, he's a tough son of a bitch. He right. said he's, he's an ex-Marine captain, and uh, he's got a, a real booming Bostonian voice. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, he's that And guy. he yeah. said, I don't know if you're going to get anywhere with this guy. He's a real tough son of a bitch. Right. But he said, um, he said the guy to talk to is Bill Lawler. He's, he's the, the district manager. He runs all of the stations from San Diego to Santa Barbara for Shell. For Shell. a lot of cars. Anyway, I walked in and I gave the receptionist my card. And I had the flip chart presentation under my arm and then had the uh, mahogany box that Art and I had built to carry the model the part, right. under my other arm. And I went in and I said is there any chance I could talk to Bill Lawler and she looked at my business oh like card. no appointment no nothing no nothing no no in. no I just well. talked to Andy that was all so this was <laughs> wow. a cold call cold walk and uh, I didn't know whether he'd see me or what but I I just went over there yeah. and he says alright send him in send him in 
and I thought, whoa, and then I heard this big Bostonian accent and everything. <laughs> That's the guy. Guy sitting in a big desk with, you know, piles of stuff, you know, and everything else. And and uh, I walked in and, and uh, set the model down in front of his desk and took my flip chart and kind of uh, put it on the edge of his desk. And finally he looked up and he says, you're not Vic Breedlove. And I says, no, no, sir, no, sir. I'm my name's Craig Breedlove, and I'm here to talk to you about a project that I feel will be a great benefit to Shell Oil Company, and I'd like to have a few minutes of your time to tell you about it, and so on. So you know. Anyway, so he looked at me, and I don't know. I just took his watch off like this and set it down, and he says, "All right, you got ten minutes." So I went ahead and made started through my spiel and I was really organized and I had Bill Moore had done really nice flip chart presentation and had everything done and I rehearsed it umpteen thousand times and really knew what I was talking about and so about two hours later <laughs> he says alright god damn it what's in the box <laughs> and uh, so I pulled the box out and I set it on his desk and I opened it so the lid was still shielding the model and I reached in and picked up the model like, and it looked, yeah. it looked like a piece of Japanese lacquer jewelry right. is what it looked like. Right, yeah. There's pictures of it online. I just I handed it to him and he jumped up out of the chair with that model and was down the hall going to all the people that work there. This is the spirit of America, and this kid's going to break the world speed record. And no he's just, Yeah, just, this, yeah, this, in, you know. This hard-nosed guy who's impossible to win over. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, this kid took an hour and 50 minutes more time than he was allowed. <laughs> and, uh, and then he says, uh, he says, you hungry? And I said, well, uh, you, you know, I, I can eat. Uh, yeah. He says, he says, well, you look like you could use a good meal. <laughs> and uh, finally he said, he, said we, we got, he paid the check and stuff and got up. And he said, uh, you know, he says, uh, he says, you really think you're going to break that record, don't you? And I said, Mr. Lawler, I don't think I'm going to break the record. I know I'm going to break the record. And he says, God. Damn it, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Good. Good. So, the, so the day that you blow this record out of the water, do you remember the run? Like, is it something that all these years later you can think back and go, okay, I remember firing the thing up and here we go? Because, I mean, this, no one's ever gone this fast before, so you're... I got to tell you that that year was so severe that I, my learning curve went, like yeah, up right, here, and up. my level of of personal aggression, ability, and stuff like that. If we, I don't know if this is the right term, but effectively, the previous year was a failure, right? Yeah. And so you learn from that. Okay. So I, I, have to I be, was at record speed in three runs. Wow. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. But but that's yeah. my point. Is like you showed up ready to play because you learned from the year before. You're mad. You're gonna run this team the way you're gonna run it. You bet. Yeah. yeah. You just and, had it. And you had it. It's too much I work and not it. enough fun at this point. Yeah. yeah. 
I had I had all of the crew problems I ever wanted for my lifetime. You know, it's a through line you see in a lot of racing and business in general. Yeah. Is you kind of have to fail, get mad about it, and realize your back's against the wall and you are going to make this work. Because I assume you have another year of failure. Shell's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. All the guys been, that are yeah. killing themselves to work with you They're probably don't want to be part of this yeah. anymore. So yeah. if it doesn't work, this whole dream is no, over. This, this, yeah. yeah. There, there's no way it was going to fail, period. Yeah. All right. So now you've got the taste. You've set the record um, of, like, I don't know how, how long you can stay, but if you were going to look at all the records you said, is there one that you're most proud of? Well, um, I think the 600 record. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that'd probably do it for me, too. Yeah. yeah. Was, um. <laughs> has every record so 600 to me even today sounds impossible yeah. to do is every record impossible damn near yeah. I mean yeah. I mean it's yeah well there was a lot went into it we don't have time for it but I mean it's just um, yeah I mean it it the car was uh this was, is a 600 mile an hour car. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the 608.211 miles an hour was made with both front wheels in the air. <laughs> I have no idea how you're sitting in that chair yeah. right now yeah, with attachments that large. Right. Um, right. And, and so what's the, when you're driving and the front wheels are dislodged, you're not steering this damn thing. Um, mm. what's, the, uh, what's the mindset? Just keep your foot in it because you have no choice? Boy, look at everything careful. I mean, it yeah. just, you know, yeah. you got to feel it. I mean, you just got to, I mean, it's, you're, you're there, you're done. Yeah. I mean, the weather's gone, everything's gone. The course is covered in water. You're sliding around. The front wheels are in the air. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, you really don't know if you're ever going to survive the thing. And this is literally every run. Yeah. that you're making oh no well i mean as it gets going faster and faster the aerodynamics get worse and worse and worse yeah, right, i mean yeah, it's right, it's right. starting to the car's Wants wanting to fly, to fly. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. it i mean you are one thousandth of one mile an hour from yeah that's it complete no i mean when you're going to drive these things do you ride out like how many wheels have you written you know what I mean? If today's the day, uh, I just, just, uh, no, I, I can't say I've done that. Right. But is that just because you never get around to it, or like you don't <laughs> want to, or, or do you just do you not acknowledge that because if you acknowledge it, it's almost like you're asking for it. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the last car I rolled it on its side at uh, 675. That was the LSR. And uh, yeah, and. You know, I just, I, there was a, uh, I, Craig Nelson sponsored us for uh, a good shot of money and, and uh, acquired the rights to my life story. Coach? Yeah, oh, coach. Okay, yeah, he's yes. a racer, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, uh, the uh, situation, uh, what, was that uh, Charlie Slater, who was owned IMSA? Yeah, I was gonna okay. say, I know that. And from Florida, and he makes medical instruments yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. 
as a favor, we were they were really good friends, and I became Char- a good friend of Charlie's. And so we were at dinner one time. I was with out with Craig, uh, trying to help him with the WSC car. And and so when uh, when we went to when we went to dinner with Charlie one night, Charlie knew or Craig had told him that I didn't have the money to pay for my timing because USAC wanted two hundred fifty thousand to come and test it or come and time it. That was their estimate for one one week's testing, and and uh, so Ch- Charlie said, "Well, you know, he was he had an FIA affiliation owning IMSA, and he said, you know, he said, I decided I'd I'd start up a timing group if they're getting two hundred fifty yeah, grand right. to come right. out to That's Bonneville. Yeah. Logical. <laughs> he said, that sounds to pretty yeah. good to me. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. And he said so." So he said, anyway, uh, Craig said, Charlie has something interesting for you. And, and so Charlie leaned across the table and handed me a, a little card he had made up. And it said that he, would, he was, he was going to form an IMSA timing organization. And he would do my timing for $1. Oh. So that saved that's me 250 cool. grand yeah, to do really it. Well, cool. 249000 <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, and then Spider-Man. and then he got in a scrape, and he had to sell IMSA to Andy Evans. I think that's the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, guy up in Oregon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in the sale of IMSA to Andy Evans, Andy had to agree to fulfill his. Uh, uh, Charlie's promised to come and time me. Right. Okay. We got up there with this new car and everything ready to run and do, you know, and I had already run it over 600, and we we had the power, we had the drag, we yeah. had everything. And uh, we, while Shan ran all the numbers on it, and it looked like the car was, was good for 900. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so... I was out of money as usual. And <laughs> There's a and, theme. Yeah. And uh, the Shell was having their uh, national sales meeting in Las Vegas that evening. And so I needed to set the speed record that morning because yeah. this tor- storm was coming in and fly to Las Vegas being the new world speed record holder yeah, right. to get more funding from Shell to go, That's go a lot even of faster. That's a come together. Yeah. 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 And low-hanging fruit, I knew I could go 650 or something, no problem, you know. And I'd have the record go down to Shell, get my money, be back in business, and go da-da-da-da. Okay, good plan. Run down, the throttle setting was too low and the burner didn't light. Okay, so we're, uh, okay, the first thing happened is Walt forgot the distance we were going to be back from the mile. So he stopped the guys in the car at four mile approach, and four mile approach, I'm over 700. And I, you know, I didn't want to go supersonic, I didn't have the instrumentation yet. So, I'm down there with all of the press and everything, and Walt stops the car at four miles, and I'm at three-mile approach, waiting for the car and handling the press and doing all this stuff, and I'm suited up and waiting for the car to get there. And so the car's down the flats a mile (laughs) to the four-mile mark. 
So I go, well, shit, you know, and all the press is there and the, the clouds are coming in. The weather is going to turn bad any minute. And I need to get two runs in to make the shell meeting. So I hop in the pickup truck and drive back down to the four mile and stop. And I say, what? What's going on? And he says, oh, it's ready. we're ready to go. And I said, well, we decided on three mile approach. And he started looking real confused, you know, and just looking around. And I said, okay, forget it, forget it. No, just forget it. That's no problem. Uh, I said, let me go get the press. And I'll bring him back to four. And I figure I'll just balloon foot it for a while. And yeah, then, yeah, uh, you know. It. Yeah, just at a cool 660. Yeah. yeah. So, right. anyway. <laughs> so, I, I get in the car, you know, at the four mile. And I balloon foot around, da 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 da, and then finally I get time when I need to go into afterburner, you know. And I roll down into afterburner, no burner, no burner. What, 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 what the shit is it? You know, I'm, I can't go fast enough to get the run down. So we get down at the end of the thing, and everybody comes up the car and says, "What happened? What happened?" I said, "Well, I could, I rolled into burner, and there's no burner." I said, where the hell you guys got the throttle set, you know? So they climb under the car and they, oh, I guess we set the throttle. Too. We forgot to do that or something, something like that. So in the meantime, the weather's moving in. The yeah, clouds are coming like, in. Okay. And, yeah, okay. Uh, and the other thing is when Charlie, when, when Charlie Slater made the deal, he sold it to Andy Evans. And Andy honored the agreement to send Bruce Clark up with the clocks and a rental truck. And no timing people, no uh, nothing, so nobody, no, to operate it, yeah. nobody to operate anything, a bunch of wire that was all stripped out. Yeah. And, you know, so how are you going to validate this? And you're they time. sent one guy with a rental truck and a set of screwed up old clocks yeah, right. and wires that were falling apart and everything else. So we, I get all lined up, ready to go, and, and I'm, you know, just in communication with the airplane, the whole thing. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm harnessed in. I'm waiting. 20 minutes goes by. They still don't have the friggin' clocks up. I'm sitting there. Finally, I can't sit in the friggin' car any longer. I'm totally harnessed in, everything, and yeah, I'm in tight, you know. And so I finally pop the... the uh, Canopy, the canopy of your car. Take the goddamn, undo the harnesses, right. climb out of the goddamn thing, and say, "What the fuck is going on with the lights?" In the meantime, the wind's starting to blow. Yeah, There's right. dust this starting is... to come up. Everything else, the clouds Anyone are moving in. Anyone who works in. in video knows this feeling. It's getting darker, you know. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and and finally they call up they say all right okay we got the clocks up the clocks are up and i'm going okay okay great you know so i'm back in the car harnessing everything and so charlie chuck's son comes back on the thing so okay craig your ingress and egress are are blocked you know yeah uh uh, you know everything, you know whatever, and uh, your your winds your winds are at one five, and I said okay, I'm on my way. Well, it wasn't at one point five; it was at fifteen, 15. gusting to twenty five in the lights. Christ, okay. So yeah. I go cooking down through there. Yeah. 
at and I, now I'm on a four mile approach, right? Yeah. And man, huge. I I wrote the, and these guys moved the burner setting really up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're like because <laughs> the, you're like five percent. And I go, yeah. I I roll into afterburner and I go, holy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sitting in a 900 mile an hour car, right? Yeah. And yeah. the low hanging fruit, you know, is six six sixty or something, or six, <laughs> yeah. what the fastest thing six, ever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And and so, I go, Jesus Christ! So I roll on an afterburner, and I'm trying to figure out where the hell I am. Okay, well, right Paris. where the clocks start, there is a. A canyon on this side mm-hmm. and a canyon on this side. Right. And so what runs through there is a wind river okay. or what you would call a, a wind shear yeah, right. yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I come rolling down. The, I, had ba- I backed off the throttle three times and put it back in military power <laughs> on the run. Okay. And so finally I could see the timing lights and I thought... Okay, go into burn, drop into yeah. burner. So I rolled over into burner right as I went into the lights. And as soon as that burner lit, that car, and it, w- it was going 675 when I went into the lights. Yeah. Okay. And, and as, as soon as I passed, passed the lights, that thing did a big, the wind hit it, yeah. and it just did a big hook around like this and came back just it just took it out of my hands in two yeah. seconds yeah i mean i just it was gone it's the fastest u-turn in the history of the world yeah that's it yeah. Six, 675 mile an hour u-turn and it just hooks and there's video of it yeah yeah and it just i mean you that's see it, it and you're like nothing's ever changed directions that fast yeah ever i mean that's going 675 and then 675 yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> how much g's did you sustain did you have g readings on that uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what they were. Yeah. Well, we we still had the problem with the rear rear wheel. I don't I don't know is the answer. Yeah. Uh, I mean that much speed and that big know. of a turn. That's got to be something pretty incredible. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. the problem was is that as soon as it hooked, yeah, it rolled right on its side. So, I yeah. couldn't see anything. It was just a solid dirt over the my whole yeah, canopy. Right, right. And the car's plowing on its side mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And it's set down one time real quick and then right back up again. Yeah. And by the, and I didn't even know I was going the other direction. Oh, sure. You're right. I couldn't yeah. see anything. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I see is I'm heading for a Winnebago. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the greatest quote yeah. of all time. 676 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. The next thing I know is, uh, I'm yeah. glad you could see that far, but uh, okay. And well, how when, the, when the when the dust came off and it, it settled, I could yeah. see where I was going for right. the first time. Yeah. And I'm sitting in there with my hands on the, st- on the shoot buttons and I'm going... I don't know where I am. Yeah, I don't right. want to push a shoot button and not even know whether if I'm upside down, right side up. Yeah, doing, yeah, you know, right, yeah. I might take a, a, take a worse problem and make it horrible. You know, yeah, a right, death problem. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know. So anyway, so that was it, and now that, that was. Uh, so we do a pass along question on the show, and it's kind of related. Um, are you follow politics much? Do I follow him? Yeah, kind of. Are yeah. you familiar with the name Michael Evanati? Stormy Daniels lawyer. 
Former. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had dinner with him last night. <laughs> oh, did you really? Because <laughs> yeah, he used to race sports cars for a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah, he raced an IMSA and stuff like that. Uh huh. Yeah. And his question for you was: uh, Were you fearful of dying in a car? Was I? Fi- were you fearful of dying in a car? Um, I. Well, I mean, I guess I always have been. You yeah. know, I mean that. You know, when you're going that fast. Yeah. I mean, anything goes wrong. You don't. You're not in control anymore. Yeah. We're, we're sitting here September 12th of uh, 2019, and a couple weeks ago, Jesse Combs, who's a TV star that also did some land speed record stuff, she she passed away. Did you did you know her at all? Did these people come to you uh, for sort Stan, of a, yeah, Stan Newer? Stan yeah. uh, had some information on her, Yeah, and uh, we were uh, going to go ahead and put a rocket car together, uh-huh. and... Uh, I've been working on that, but uh, so far we haven't come up with funding for it. Right, I, I don't right. know what's uh, happening exactly, um, but we just we just we had a really close deal. Almost went through at Shell, and then it, mm-hmm. they had some other problems at the time. Wait, hold on. Sure, sure. So you're not done? You're gonna go back out? No, I mean, if you uh, find no, fun. No, I, I was gonna gonna. That's the reason we we were talking to Jesse was because uh, she wanted. She was looking for a ride. Okay, yeah, so right. she okay. Would, okay. And uh, so you put you, you would know, have put a I'm, I'm 82, and you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all in if you do. Yeah. Okay. So so because yeah, this is news to probably everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so right. so you would have put together a program where Jesse would have been the. I guess well, driver, I well, would say pilot. Well, that, that was, that was uh, at, at the time she contacted Stan. We still didn't have any. Well, we had a sponsorship deal, right. and then it fell apart. So, yeah. uh, you know, anyway, yeah. some people told us some things that didn't turn out to be the case. In racing? Yeah. We had to drop it. Yeah. We don't so know who we don't, yeah, so uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't, you know how we operate. We don't know who, know how our, who our next guest is going to be. Um, but if you could, now that you've kind of gotten a sense of how we do this, if you could ask a question of our next guest, and they're not all drivers. Some of them are, are engineers. Some of them are team owners or journalists. They're lawyers, lawyers. who happen to be in racing. Uh-huh. Um, What's the fastest you've ever driven, punk? <laughs> Boom. Boom. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Okay, so we're uh, running a little bit short on time, but um, I, we, we should ask about that one video with the lake. Yeah, when you crash Spirit of America 1. <laughs> yeah, oh, the shoot, yeah. shoot failure. So, yeah, there's an amazing well, video online. Before we go to that, yeah. just because we're just to finish up like the fastest thing you've ever driven, mm-hmm. when you're driving at 660-something miles an hour and you're going across like lake beds, you know, mm-hmm. as your racetrack essentially, because of the lack of things around you for the sensation mm-hmm. of speed, what does it actually feel like going that fast in these cars? Well, I, I mean, it feels the same to me as driving any race car. I mean, it's it's basically your, you know, your butt six inches off the ground and you're going at enormous speeds. And so there's, if there's ever a time uh, to create a speed sensation, it's it's driving an LSR car because you're you're just riding on the ground and if you're lucky you're riding on the ground <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing it right. yeah, yeah. Okay. but so like the lack of major reference points you know yeah. like Ryan, well it, there's there's the timing markers coming by and yeah. the, right but like Ryan the, has yeah, the, and brake markers and yeah, curving and walls the, and street yeah, courses yeah. Know, yeah the the texture of the terrain and the uh-huh. you know one thing I do at night is take my motorcycle and I 
ride the course with uh-huh. the low beams on and 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 see the shadows in the yeah, thing I until I mentally yeah. mapped all 12 miles or whatever from beginning right, to end and right. I know when to move over to the left side and when it's going to come and I set up for everything on the course right so. okay so one of the stories Sean and I love about you is when you were first doing your your uh, 500 mile an hour runs you had a shoot failure yeah and you ended up in a lake Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's video footage of you very quickly after this lake yeah. incident. For my next trick, yeah. <laughs> I'll set myself on fire. <laughs> when, when that happens, because it seems like you, you did like my, uh, miles until you finally found something to hit to stop, basically. Yeah. That's a long time to think about. Like when we have brake well, failures in our cars, it's generally like a six-second area until you hit something. Yeah, the... <laughs> Yeah, the, the the problem was that uh, at that velocity with the car, the the brakes get hot and they just when you're going that fast, the 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 linings just burn off, the yeah. pucks just go away. Yeah, we kind of asked this at the beginning, but um, you know the one thing that I think is missing in in the sport today is when you would set these records. Um, I mean, it was a huge, huge deal. You made international news. You were tour around the place. Somebody wins a race now, and, and especially the Bonneville stuff, it, it gets nowhere near the publicity unless you have a major accident like we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't think people really understand the scope of that. Like, was there one person you met where, like, oh, my God, I never thought I'd meet the Sultan of Brunei or, or Steve McQueen, you know? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, though, at that time, time frame i mean almost all of the people i met were like amazing that yeah. i was getting yeah. to meet this person right. yeah you know? like, was there one that well you know i mean steve mcqueen became a great friend and you know and he used to have his airplanes at santa paula right yeah down right the street here, yeah. here yeah and uh you know my dad uh Worked on the right, famous right. pump action when he first got his job there. And I met Steve, I think I was uh, ni- 19, yeah. 18 or 19. The first time I met him, my dad had took me to down the set and introduced me. He tried to set him on fire. Were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. So That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, how, no. does the, how does the Beach Boy thing happen? Did they call you and say, hey, we're making a song about you? No, I heard it on the radio. What? <laughs> <laughs> Licensing what? <laughs> One of the most famous bands of all They're time. They're like fair use, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and so you get to meet them? Do they invite you out? Oh, yeah. Well, Stan and I just went to one of their concerts, you know. Right. Uh, Mike Love's uh, the head of the Beach Boys. Now, when I lived in Hermosa Beach, <laughs> uh, Steve Love, uh, Mike's brother, lived kitty corner from me. Okay. He was on the Strand, and I was one house yeah. back on yeah. the other side. So and, you're a uh, local boy, they're local. So yeah. when you're out there doing this cool stuff, it's like, hey, that's our guy anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So they just did it. Yeah. You know, and in, in fact, uh, we just uh, were doing uh, s- some kind of a TV thing for, what is it? For the Discovery Channel. Discovery Talk Channel's show. doing yeah. a thing, and and they want to use the the uh, the uh, song yeah. on, the, right. on the show, you oh, know, cool. so okay. anyway. Yeah. Why not? And, um, yeah, I mean, that for me, I mean, you know, uh, all the racing, everything else, I mean, I'd probably be more famous for the <laughs> Beach yeah. Boys. Not in my heart. Not in my heart. I think setting the yeah. four, five, and 600-mile records American are, in the yeah. history of the world. When, when someone mentions Andy Green 
and his record uh-huh. are you like because oh, no. the and british government had to take you down andy <laughs> you know i mean andy is one of the greatest guys and i gotta tell you something if it wasn't for him there's no way that that record would have been broken yeah. that rear wheel car was the most evil handling thing that's yeah. ever been put on the tr- track right ever yeah. And that guy, when you saw, I mean, I've sat with him and watched in-car footage. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when they came back from Al Jafar Desert from their first testing thing, they were out there for about six months. <laughs> and they couldn't get in that the thing. In the middle to, of the desert. Yeah. In the hair. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Andy had made up his mind completely. To give Richard his notice that the car was undrivable. Yeah. Okay. Undrivable. Yeah. Right. And I, I said, you know, undrivable. He said, well, Craig, I'm a professional test pilot. That's what I've done yeah, most yeah, of yeah. my life. I'm a squadron leader. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. in the Air Force. I fly jets every day. And uh, he said, uh, we have a, a scale of one to ten when we're when we're testing aircraft mm-hmm. it, and one is perfect and 10 you don't get in it <laughs> yeah right right, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, right yeah. do not get in that airplane under any circumstance right yeah. and he said i would say seriously that um uh thrust ssc is an eight plus wow yeah Wow, like that, is that uncontrollable. Yeah. Wow. So in a, in, a sh- in a short answer, I just want to know why you're okay being second to literally a country's entire military building an aircraft <laughs> to beat you. Why, why are you not more mad that you're like a, 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 an individual doing it versus this big entity? Well, it's just the way it is. <laughs> it, 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 if it was some other way, great. But it's not. It's yeah. just, there's so you the, the, well. The, you, know, the, you have to understand that the war, land speed record is a, a thing of British heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. it's that big mm-hmm. a thing, and to a, a lot of uh, you know people that are into it, but especially the Brits. Yeah. Yeah. And the in, in fact the reason that Richard got. Uh, SSC sponsored was he came home and went to the prime minister I forget which one it was now and said if Breedlove is building a new LSR car and we are going to lose the going through the sound barrier to him as soon as that car is done and you need to sponsor me for a new car and the prime minister put up the, the money or the contacts or whatever it took to to sponsor that car and so they have government backing for that yeah Yeah. that's why we love you so much because you literally have a whole country out there trying to beat you and you are a team of volunteers well (laughs) you know the the people that we know that were associated with the most recent project that that went belly up and then got and went into receivership and so on they the the figures we were told by people that should know i mean Masermanus, they did probably did not to the last penny, but I mean, they they said that 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 they had spent eighty five million dollars on that project, and it went into receivership, and they've never run it. I mean, they've Andy's driven it a couple yeah. times on the airport, and that's about it. What was your budget for the last car you ran? 
Oh my God, the last car. I had two million of my own money in it. By the time I got done, I had probably two million in sponsor money. Four so, million. So four million dollars to be the second fastest thing to ever yeah. cross yeah. the planet. And literally five yeah. percent of the budget. Yeah. I mean, versus an yeah. eighty-five million dollar sort of. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm sure it costs more now because it's been a few yeah, of years. Yeah, but, but anyway. in, to scale, it's like still crazy. A five percent yeah. scale to basically hit the yeah. same kind of a, yeah, a, yeah. A window. That's yeah. Cool. That's what yep. you do. Well, it, ours was faster. Right. I mean, we had we had them covered. The I yeah. Mean, yeah. I was get the when I looked at the car and went and then talked to Andy about driving it and everything. Yeah. I mean, I was giddy. I was so, yeah. I couldn't wait to get yeah, into right, them. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, just, just for the sound barrier and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and cool. then, you know, well, I mean, you know, well, Walt Sheehan, after we got the the computer data out of the out of the uh, yeah. six, 675 mile an hour run, yeah. if I would have stayed in the throttle five more seconds, I'd have been over nine. Okay. All right, so you didn't. Um, I mean, we've we've talked for quite a while, but uh, you know, it's you didn't necessarily know what this was or, or how we how we make this work. Our fan base is a lot younger folks, folks who may not necessarily understand what Bonneville really is. Um, what would you want your legacy to be for sort of a fan base like ours? Well, uh, I I guess you know. That you can do anything if you put your mind to it. There's no limits. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I would say on that note, Continental's got the check. I'm finished. Finally, we made the Craig Breedlove episode. I could not be more thrilled that it finally uh, was put together. Anyway, we'll close this out with a song called Off Guard by Alexander Lewis. You can find him on musicbed.com. Under pressure, yeah, we talked and I wanted to do you proud of. Talked and I wanted to do you proud, but under pressure. When I walked up, I thought I was ready now. Yeah. When I walked up, I thought I was ready now. But ooh, ooh, I push came and shoved me off. And ooh, ooh, I still you would help me up. Ooh, ooh, I push came and shoved me off. And ooh, ooh, I still you would help me up. Oh, I didn't even think about it then, no. I didn't even think about it then, no. I didn't 
Stay on top 